Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com, and I know you will, too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com. Rob Kendall, Abdullah Shabazz, the program of Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. How are you, my friend? Actually doing well. Got the exploratory committee up and running now. Well, that's what I was going to say was, uh, before we begin the show, any formal announcement you'd like to make here uh, on Statehouse Happenings? Uh, Abdulforindy.com. If you oh, want to go. <laughs> I see. I just wasn't sure if you wanted to formally pull the trigger there and let us know you're you're in or. Uh... Um, that's that's the that's the exploratory committee page, and if it, if we launch a campaign, it'll be the campaign page. So it's uh, if people want to learn more about your potential foray into the mayor of Indianapolis race, what is the website? Abdul for Indy. And okay. It's number four. All right. Com. Well, we'll just keep leading every and, show with. And there's, and actually, uh, and part of the reason why I bring this up, it's going to sound really bad, is because we finally got all the online donation stuff all figured out yesterday, so it's all up and running now. Now, I told you, and I told you this last <laughs> night, I want to be the first person to write you a check once you declare, because I'm going to guess if I do it online, then I get some sort of credit card fee or something taken out. So wouldn't you want all of my money? Actually, uh, no, the program we use does not charge you a fee. Oh! What, are they running a soup kitchen over there? How does that work? No, they... they uh, it's 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 kind of complicated, but it's called Anadot. Oh, it's, it's kind of like Win Red or Act Blue. Oh, it's, it's an online. They, they don't charge any fees or anything. Well, well congratulations! You've really hit the jackpot in life, yeah. <laughs> as I've known for years. All right. Well, until you formally make yeah. a choice, you're still here with us, exactly. and as such, we begin. Well, look, we're going to get to the whole property tax thing in just a, a minute because I think this is just a phenomenally huge story that I can't believe more people aren't talking about. But Eventually, they'll be talking about it. When they do, then we'll just sit here and say, we've been telling you this for an entire year. And by the way, Indian lawmakers are back on Monday. Yes, so, and we'll get to that, too, in so a second. That's a, so that's, a, so that's, important, that's an important note to keep in mind as, as we have the conversations from here, here on out that now fall, they now happen under, under the session yes. sort of backdrop. All right, but before we get to that, your old friend Todd Rokita back in the news, and I know this is just going to break your heart. I'm going to read you the headline from the Indiana Capital Chronicle. Judge orders Rokita to publicly release Inspector General's report about former job. And if you may recall, if I, let me set the background on this, make sure I got this correct. So when Todd Rokita became the Attorney General, which would have been, he was elected in 2020, so 2021, it came to light that he had a second job. Is that right? Yes, he had a job at a place called Apex, which is, they do, they do, they just, they do sort of health care type benefits packages and i've got to admit there are many things that i feel like i scrutinize these guys to no end but even in my wildest dreams i could not have imagined that someone who holds statewide office a job that pays you know i don't know what is it it's almost a probably a six figure ish job plus benefits doesn't pay that it doesn't pay that much it doesn't pay six figures to be i mean it's almost it's close um I five figures. He's making more than I'm making here. Why don't we start with that? I mean, because you that, that you would need or want or desire a second job. It, it, it's one thing if you to be an elected official 
And to be a part-time elected official, then obviously you got to have a job. That makes right, sense. like if you're on a town council yeah. somewhere. Well, unless maybe if you're in Brownsburg, the big raise they just gave themselves. Maybe you, <laughs> but yes. But, but also, too, though, it's one thing to, like, say, teach if you're an elected official. Yeah. Because that those, those types of jobs you can do, or maybe, like, give a lecture every once in a while, go give a speech, that sort of thing. But but to be, like, a, a, a nine-to-five healthcare administrator, like, you're, but you're the attorney general, dude, so what do you... Right, right. And this is theoretically, and again, we're rehashing things from a couple years ago, so if I'm getting this wrong, let me know. Theoretically, this group that he was working for, or the field of which the group he was working for, could potentially have to come up in front of his office as attorney general. Right, exactly. And that's that's the thing about being an attorney general or state's attorney, and that's why you want to be very careful about the types of jobs that you do, is because there's always a potential for a conflict. Because either you could be sued by those individuals, or they could sue you. And if you're talking about a county or state government, that's a, that's an even bigger creature than just being a regular attorney in private practice. So Rokita, at the time when he got asked about this, because this he didn't volunteer this, which that is weird as well. When you're the chief law enforcement officer for the state of Indiana, but it, this this came out, and I and when it came out, he then said, "No, no, no, I have an opinion." From was it the inspector? The inspector Gen- general, yeah. In the inspector general, I have an opinion from the inspector general, and it's what they call an advisory opinion. So there are, correct me if I'm wrong on this. There are two types of opinions from the inspector general. There is an advisory opinion in which you say, okay, hey, this is happening or could potentially happening happen. Can you give me your high level opinion on this? And it doesn't go on the public record, right? Well, it it, it does it does and it doesn't. I mean, all for the most part. Most inspector general opinions are public information, except for like really classified, say personnel type but stuff. The, but they don't do a deep dive on it, and it's. No, I think what they, I think the phrase I was looking for was non-binding. It, 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 they, they do two types of opinions. They do they do a formal opinion and an informal. Ah, opinion. Ah, there we go. Thank you. So the and, in- and the formal opinion has more of a weight of law. Yes, thank you. Behind I'm, it, whereas uh, whereas the informal opinion is just sort of hey, we because when I worked for the Illinois Attorney General, we used to do these all the time. So sort of these informal type yes. opinions, like hey. Uh, we can't comment on this directly, but we can comment on it informally. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. And you, you, as a man of the law, you worded it the way I was looking, which is the formal opinion basically is your get out of jail free card. Even if later someone were to say you did something wrong, you would say, no, I went to the inspector general. Here is the formal opinion and have a nice day. They told, right? me, they told me we were in compliance with, the, with state right, law. Right, exactly. So Rokita's response when it came out that he had this other job was, well, I've uh, received an informal opinion from the inspector general, and they say I'm okay. And naturally, the follow-up question was... Can we see the opinion? Yes, great. Thank you. We'd like to see that opinion, and I think everybody will go on their merry way, and we'll still think it's weird you have a second job, but whatever. And he refused to divulge the inspector general's informal opinion yep exactly and that uh and that led to litigation uh for the past couple years now the story's back and ironically had you had he and see here's the thing this is why i don't understand todd (laughs) because he makes life more difficult than it needs to be first of all when you when you ran for attorney general, you should realize, okay, this is the only job I can do, so that should be it. So you shouldn't have had the second job in the first place. Because it should be a 24-7 job. If you're a statewide office holder, you should be saying, look, I am all my time, all my attention, all my energy is the chief law enforcement officer for the state of Indiana. Exactly. But he, but he didn't. And then he went and had the Apex job, and he kept the Apex job. And then when people ask you about the Apex job, like, well, I have an opinion from the attorney, from the inspector general. Like, well, can we see it? No, you can't. Well, how do we know you have it then? Exactly. So, what, what a total – what, what – I know this is scary given your history with him, but put yourself in Rokita's position. 
If you actually have an opinion from the inspector general that says you're fine, what possible reason would there be to not divulge that to the public? It'd be a four-letter word that rhymes with Rick. <laughs> that's, so, that's, only, that's only logical rationale for that because what he, what he should have done is like, hey, here's the opinion. Re redact any sort of sensitive information that might be in there, like say like a social security number or something like that. Re redact that and then just hand it out and then this story is done and over with and it's gone. But now, but, but now two years later, it's back. Right. I and mean, it's back. Once again, folks, remember what starts what starts on Monday? The, the, <laughs> the, the session, yes, the legislative session. Um, so... I just I don't I don't get uh, maybe you summed it up right what you how'd you describe it a four letter word that rhymes with, with Rick yeah, yeah yeah because a judge has now said so first of all the story continues for two years and now a Marion County Superior Court judge by the name of Kurt Eisgruber yeah Eisgruber actually I've been in front of Judge Eisgruber before what is he is he fine is he okay is yeah. he a partisan hack what is he no he's no good guy I want to say uh Republican appointed or pub, Republican judge oh interesting. <laughs> So it's not like he can't say, well, this is a liberal, the sure. liberal, like, right. no, this is Kurt, dude, come on. But even if it was a liberal judge, this still totally seems like the right thing to me. Yeah, and, and even even if, even if it was a liberal judge, conservative and liberal has really nothing to do with, this isn't a policy issue. Right. This, this isn't the abortion issue, this isn't a property tax issue, this is like, hey, make the friggin' opinion public. Yeah, so the judge has now said he has 30 days to release the opinion, a redacted version of the opinion, and then that judge will make it public. Yep. I love this so much. <laughs> Do He's got to have this opinion, right? There's no way that he lied to the public about having this opinion. No, uh, no, no. I mean, not not, not at all. And another thing about- I mean, that uh, would be a level of egregious. If he doesn't indeed have this opinion, he would, he would be in such hot water, and he will have basically- lied to the court so there's no way he did that he's got to have this opinion yeah he's, he's got it so they're just basically sitting on it probably what probably what probably what the decision was made early on is like we will give this out when the court tells us we have to give it out and, and, and then be, just leave it at that and there are people who love rakita because of his politics there's a lot of rakita's politics i like and i get asked by these people all the time where they don't ask they're mean to me about the way we are to rakita this is why this is the same thing that you went through when he banned you from the press conferences. There is no reason for it whatsoever. You are just doing this to do it, and you are fighting transparency, and that is totally ridiculous. And now you've got a story that you got to deal with for the next year and a half or so that, that, you normally, that you normally wouldn't have to deal with. When you are a private citizen, as long as you are following the law, I don't have any right to know what you do in your spare time. But when you are a statewide office holder, who is, on top of that, the chief law enforcement officer for the state of Indiana, who I pay your salary, and you are in charge of administering justice for me as a taxpayer, I absolutely have the right to know what you do. Exactly. And if there's a conflict between your new job and your old job. It's it's that simple. Like I said, once again, Rokita makes life more difficult than it needs to be. Had you just put out the opinion two years ago, you'd have been fine. You'd probably, you'd probably taken a hit or two. But you'd have been fine. He just started the office, too. Everybody would have forgotten about it by now. Yep. So do you think there's anything in this opinion that, I mean, th these opinions are basically should be okay, not okay type of thing, right? I mean, there's nothing in there that would be embarrassing for him. I don't I don't think so. And and knowing the inspector general, I mean, they're, they're not they're not type to, to, to purposely try to you know put, put you out on the ledge and soft and soft the tree limb. So it should just be very straightforward. Hey, Mr. Attorney General. You've asked us to comment on this. 
Here's the informal opinion, blah, 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 blah. Take it and do with it what you will. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com, and I know you will, too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com. Rob Kendall, Abdul Kibshabaz, the program of Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. All right, let's talk about the big issue that seemingly, I mean, we are talking about it here. The people that listen to us are talking about it. But it doesn't seem like anybody with at least any sort of force or gravitas or being loud about it, it doesn't seem like it's getting talked about it at all with the Indiana General Assembly, which starts next Monday, which is skyrocketing property taxes for people across the state of Indiana. Here's a, I'll use this example because this person used it on air, so assume they don't care if people know. Brad, our friend Brad Kloppenstein, who is a friend of your show, friend of our show, uh, director of the Greater Lawrence Chamber of Commerce, he told us on the air the other day, and you've been to Brad's house, I've been to Brad's house, it's a 100-plus-year-old former converted army barracks. Yeah. It is It is not a mansion of any sort. <laughs> that his property taxes were going to go up basically, well, his escrow, they said his escrow was going to go up, so we'd assume it's property taxes for the most part, going to go up about $1,800 a year. And that matches what many other people who have called or written our Kendall and Casey show have told us. There's a lot of people whose property taxes are going to be going way up. Yes, and I had a conversation uh, that'll be played uh, tomorrow on the, on the uh, no tomorrow, uh, yeah tomorrow because it's Friday on the Saturday show with David Bodor. Uh, David is the head of the Indiana Association of Counties, and they they uh, they did they did a big study on what the property taxes are going to look like because of all the assessments, everything that went through the roof. Yeah. And they will know for sure. Well, we'll know for sure what your property taxes are going to be like when the Department of Local Government and Finance (DLGF) issues puts out the rates because their local governments have to submit their budgets, so yeah. now the rates have got to come out. Uh, but they predicted an increase of anywhere on an average. Now, this is just an average, so yeah. it could be more, could be less. Uh, five to like eight percent. Yeah, and we were talking about this yesterday. And here's what I think. If you live in central Indiana, I think you're going to be way above, for the most part, that 8% because it's based on the rise in assessed value and not to in any way uh, take away if you live in Reelsville or Kendallville or wherever. But let's face it, if you live in central Indiana, the price of homes have risen Dramatically. Dramatically, and much more than the, throughout other parts of the state. So when they talk about that average, that's what we're talking about. I mean, what we are hearing from people is, you know, we have seen anywhere from people talking about last year called when they were getting their assessments in, you know, some cases, you know, as much as 50% increase. Now, that's not everyone, but 20 to 30 to 50%, that's a dramatic increase in your property taxes. Yes. Now, now see, and what the challenge is, is how do you... How do you resolve the? How do you keep the home's value, but at the same time make sure the home you know pays for the services that it receives: police, fire, roads, sewer, schools, etc. And the, and the problem is, what what David Bodoff explained in the interview, uh, it'll be it'll be posted online uh, tomorrow afternoon about twelve or so, is you don't mess you can't necessarily mess with the front end of the of the assessment part because that gets really complicated. But you can work on the sort of the back end with tax credits and and tax policy and that and that sort of thing. So. There, 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 there are some bills out there that have started to be introduced that would uh, deal with sort of the assessment part of everything. 
but Bob Badoff was 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 very cautious in the sense that if you if you mess with the assessments, you could really really screw things up. Now, as someone who has been in local government and someone who you know this this is my issue, so you're not getting an unbiased uh, uh, conversation here. Not that really, you're, if you're, <laughs> not that you ever are. But as I'm arguably to find this gambling as going arguably on here, the greatest municipal property tax cutter in Indiana state history, and After I understand. Mitch Daniels. You know, well, he was a. He, <laughs> Uh, he was a state official. I was a local <laughs> official. I said municipal. I think in that uh, in that uh, point there, uh, and and as someone who saw the good when you actually do reduce property tax rates, what it does in terms of growth and investment in the community, um, there is no there's no way right that the Indiana General Assembly. I mean, these guys. The fact that they had a year to know this was coming, and there's been no public conversation from them whatsoever. And we, the community, we, the taxpayers, are totally in the dark on this. At least from a public relations standpoint, that was a totally the wrong move. Yes, and here's the other thing too. Uh, from my conversation with David, he says it's probably too late to do anything. Thank you about the 2023 bill. Yes, but they can see they can start to prepare for the 2024 bill. So I mentioned this because our old friend, Jim Lucas, you know Jim Lucas, <laughs> yes, right? I do. Uh, he spent, no joke, four days on my social media fighting with me and just people who I believe are complete strangers to him about it doesn't matter what's happening. It doesn't matter what you're feeling. It doesn't matter they're going up. Well, because we're, we're so much better than other states. And then it's the, well, people are working very hard behind the scenes you don't know what's happening how is it when it comes to spending money there's big press conferences there's uh, study committees <laughs> and when it comes to saving you money well you're just gonna have to trust us it's it's going on behind the scenes and your guy told you the truth there ain't crap that's gonna happen for you this year well i said they said this very said now, now david did say technically the general assembly can do whatever it wants there which, ain't which, crap which, that's which gonna happen for you this year well technically it can but it's probably too late to do anything for the May bills because uh, tax rates will be out soon by the end of the month, I want to say. And then, you, then you get your tax bills and the whole nine yards. Uh, so they're probably going to work on uh, for next year. And, and the trick is it's the, it's the assessment part. And how do you protect people from skyrocketing assessments but at the same time we all want our home value we all want our homes to be a ho worth a whole lot more i don't care and i'm so, not selling my home what do i care what my home's worth and so so we uh, let's say you gotta take a line of credit or a home equity loan or something like that is based on the value of your of your home and that uh, that whole thing but what, what david said was also was interesting was the fact that if you if you like uh, the perfect example to use was let's say our homes are next to each other i spent fifteen thousand dollars worth of improvements on yeah. mine you don't do anything on yours, so my home value goes up. Yours stays the the same, but if you but if you froze the assessments, let's say the assessments what they were last year, yeah. you would actually be paying more as the person who did not improve their home as opposed to me because my home is now improved, but my assessment is still what it was last year. Yeah, but but this is where it comes back to. This is 100% on Holcomb and the General Assembly because they had a whole, well, they've had years. I mean, this assessment thing has been flawed for years, but not to this level. And we were reading Abdul, and we know they listen because they complained to us all the time, or they complained <laughs> about us behind our backs all the time. Well, it's they probably better. About you, don't yeah, 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 yeah. No, they've never met a better friend than you. <laughs> uh, they, we were reading people's assessments on the air. They knew about this, and they didn't lift a finger collectively 
to start saying, let's get everybody in a room together. Let's have the local governments in. Let's have taxpayer advocates in. Let's have school corporations. I mean, they didn't do anything about it. And the idea that in session, these guys, when they got all these other things, I mean, they've got billions of dollars to spend. They can't be bothered to put their heads together on something that affects almost every single Hoosier. I mean, they're not going to get anything done. They didn't do anything because they don't want to do anything. They were hiding their head in the sand going, somebody ought to do something about that. Well, well, the thing is, you got to have all the all the rates and everything first. And number two, the in, in fairness to the, to the state part of the of the property tax equation, the state really doesn't collect. The state only gets like a small percentage of your property taxes. Property taxes, for the most part, are all are all local. So, so, so it for, still doesn't mean it's not a colossal problem. Well, well yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not saying it's not a problem. What I'm saying is that if you when we start looking at property taxes, we got to look at local government first because that's where. That's where the issue is going to be. Oh, I agree, but the problem is when Jim Lucas was fighting with total strangers for four days, he kept saying, well, what, these local governments are very expensive. The And you were here at the time, and you covered this very well. In 2008, the high-level premise of the property tax cap was people said, our homes are not local governments' personal piggy bank to do whatever they want. Is that a fair thing to say that, 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 that's a that, Rob that, Kendall wording. That, of that it. was one of the arguments. Yes, right. And so now to act like, well, these local governments are infallible. No, they're still wasting money the same way they were wasting money before. And with the rising assessments, I think you can make a pretty compelling case. Property taxes are higher today, especially with referendums, etc., than they were when the tax caps went into place. Yes. So, uh, I mean. Are we are we going to have even a conversation about this? Well, I, I think I think there will be a conversation. Why doesn't Holcomb mention that? I mean, he's he's out naming a state sandwich. He's trying to give away free textbooks to everyone. How is it? Um, I want to say the governor did address this in his news conference that he had on uh, Monday, Tuesday, when he announced his next level agenda. I don't remember. I don't, it was one of the last questions that was asked. So I was kind of in and out of my my office at the time. But he didn't. Uh, he didn't himself say hey look this is a huge priority for us we know everybody's getting screwed on this we know it's gonna be hard for the poor people the elderly the middle class no no it was a question by either fox 59 or uh, rtv6 yeah so it's not a priority for him he don't care because he's not paying for the house he lives in there on uh what is that meridian street you remember the place malik muhammad tried to seize you remember yeah, but, he, but he pays for the other house uh, yeah but you, you remember the, uh, his, <laughs> the governor's friend malik muhammad he tried to take it on the state or threatened to take it i guess I should say on statewide television so i mean I just, if the Republican Party, if there were like a made-for issue, the party who claims to be about low taxes and limited government, you'd think this would be right in their wheelhouse and nobody's talking about it. No, that's one way to look at it. All right, Rob Kendall, keep your boss. <laughs> I thought maybe you'd lift me up in this segment and make me feel better. I now, I now feel worse than when we started. In other words, it's another typical day in the radio station. <laughs> The program is State House <laughs> Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. We had uh, Justin Swanson on our Kendall and Casey show earlier this week, and he is from Bose Public Affairs Group. And My he pod had, guy. What's that? My pod guy. Your pod guy? Yeah, Justin's a big, uh, he's, a, he's a lobbyist for the legalized marijuana. Oh, pod. I thought you said pod. I was like, what are you doing, a podcast? <laughs> are you are you do, working with someone else other than me? Um uh, <laughs> He, yes, we had him on, and he is sort of, as you said, kind of the is lobbyist. Is that the correct yeah. word for the advocate? Advocate, yes, a paid advocate um, for the marijuana cause, industry, whatever. And he seemed more optimistic than ever. We've had him on many times that there will at least be some traction on medical marijuana this year from the Indiana General Assembly. What are you hearing? Uh, basically, the same thing. Uh, what I am hearing 
is first of all the 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 the, the blanket no opposition to to legalize marijuana is pretty much gone. Oh, great! Because remember when we asked uh, Todd Houston as well as uh, Rod Bray, will there be any marijuana you know pro legalization marijuana? They didn't say no. They said we'll just see what happens. You know, it's an open issue. Blah 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 blah. Now, do I think marijuana is going to be legalized in this session? Probably not. But I do think that that the the opposition has sort of resigned itself. Like, okay, we got to do something because once again, another poll, eighty percent. Whether it was the Ball State poll, whether it was the poll that we did earlier this summer, when eighty percent of the population supports legalized marijuana either for recreational or medicinal purposes, if you're an elected official, you got to do something. Now Holcomb remains steadfastly against this. Do you picture a world where, okay, first of all, do you think they'll actually legalize medical marijuana this year? Because Swanson seemed to think it was some sort of like framework. Well, okay, but that didn't do anybody any good right now who is sick and suffering. I, I, I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll be legalized, but I do think the framework uh, will likely be in place uh, by next session. So you think this year will be like the spring training, maybe yeah. of sorts, and next year we might get the formal in this state. If you meet these requirements, you can whatever. Yeah, but I don't think it will be the Cubs in spring training, which are eliminated from the playoffs huh? during spring training. <laughs> You know, as a White Sox fan, that's very bold of you. They they, yes. any, they didn't exactly light the world on fire yeah. last year. Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> uh, so, so what? What? What is what? Would Holcomb veto that? I mean, that is not that he cares. I mean, he's on his way out the door. But what a terrible look to tell sick and suffering people you I, can't I, have this. I don't, I don't. I don't think the governor would veto a framework. I, I do think it would veto if they legalized it. Really? I do think if they legalized Even medical. It, even medical, I do think it would be would, would uh, based on his previous comments about the, about the federal government, the whole nine yards. Now, do I think lawmakers override that veto? Yes, yes, they do. So that way, you can sort of have it both ways. Like, hey, I, w- I was against it, I vetoed it, but they overrode it. Blah blah blah. So now we got to go. How do you look? And again, he's a governor, and so he's not going to be hanging out at his local Walmart anytime soon. But I always kind of thought about when I was passing things or voting on things or whatever, can I look somebody in the face at the local Walmart or Wendy's or whatever and say, I did this because how would you look a sick and suffering person in the face at a Walmart or a Wendy's and go, yeah, I kept you from being able to do this. And I, and, and like, I would be mortified to say that. I would say, Hey, I, I sympathize with you, but I followed federal law. And if we, if we don't like we don't like the federal laws, and we have a process to change the federal. Well, we law. talked with Swanson a little bit about this. Doesn't it kind of go out the window when everyone around you is doing it? Mm. I mean, because it didn't Kentucky just get on board with this? Are uh, they the newest ones? Ohio, I think, is on board with Ohio, it. Ohio has legalized medical marijuana. Michigan, Illinois have legalized recreational and medicinal, and I want to say Kentucky has just legalized hemp so to speak. But they're they're on their way to uh, doing something, too. So it's not like, wow, boy, you, we would really be pioneers and trailblazers here, and boy, you'd certainly... Biden is practically, it was, begging these governors to do it, right? I mean, he's basically... He, well, he's begging them to pardon people who had been convicted of these offenses. What This idea that, well, the federal government is against it. No, the federal government's not against it. It's just the special interest continues to make sure that the federal government keeps it technically illegal. The, here, here's the thing about marijuana legalization in the, in the in the United States of America, and I'm, I've been thinking about this lately for for a while. It is the sun curfew is at eleven, but I won't get mad at you if you come in at midnight. Yeah. That, in a nutshell, that's what it is. Picture picture you growing up, and Dad said, "Okay, Rob, I want you to be in by eleven o'clock, but you get in one in the morning. Okay, we'll talk about it tomorrow. I'm going back to bed. Yeah. And and you keep doing it over and over again. And it's it's in other words, you're not supposed to do it, but the enforcement mechanism 
no one really cares. You have far more experience in this field than I do. <laughs> and by that, I mean I have no experience in this field, and you're basically a PhD. There's there, All but all but PhD. Yeah, there, there, there's basically zero reason not to legalize it, right? I mean, in terms of the – like, if you – if you if you can legalize it and leave 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 common sense rules in place, for example, you got to be twenty one years old right. to use it. Can't drink and drive. Can't use right. marijuana and drive. Right. That's and that, that's what I mean. I mean, look, do it, do, you, it, do it at home. I'm totally understand if you say we do not want downtown Indianapolis. I mean, it looks like trash, but we don't want it smelling like trash. So you can't smoke it in a public square of some sort because if I bring my family downtown. I don't want to be subjected. I mean, that stuff is all understandable, right? I mean, I don't think anybody's objecting to that. But this idea that in your own home, it's like it's like, it's like the alcohol laws. It's open container law. You can't you can't have open container out in public unless it's like in an event or something. So get newsflash: you can't be smoking a joint. Now, edibles you can do because you're not sure smoking marijuana. But if you get crazy and you're misbehaving in public, then that's public arrested, ad- yeah. yeah, public ad- nuisance or whatever. I don't think anybody's objecting to that. But this is just. It's 2023. <laughs> it's 2023, and we are still having this conversation in the state. And actually, marijuana used to be legal in this country. Well, that's true, yes. Until uh, people got mad about Mexicans coming across the border and doing whatever, and so they got all mad and uh, criminalized it. And also also was William Randolph Hearst, who, uh, needed, uh, who had his newspaper industry. And so he needed his paper because they were going to use hemp for newspaper, and he didn't own any of the hemp stock, so... There you go. All right. That is it for today. Great job as always. We'll look forward to session starting next week. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Freedomfoodsindiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. Freedomfoodsindiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love Freedomfoodsindiana.com and I know you will too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com Rob Kendall, Abdul Kim Shabazz, the program of Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Don't forget to find Abdul on Twitter at ATTYAbdul, at ATTYAbdul. Be sure to bookmark his website, IndiePolitics.org. Me on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall, at Rob M. Kendall, and you can hear me weekdays 9 until noon, the Kendall and Casey Show on 93.1 WIBC. For Abdul Kim Shabazz, I'm Rob Kendall. You've been listening to Statehouse Happenings.